want you to open your Bibles this morning to John chapter 10, John the 10th chapter, and we're going to look at verse 10, and then in a moment we're going to look at verse 11. Last weekend, around 5, 5.30 in the morning, I heard these words, Jesus is. And so I perceive in my spirit that we're to do a series all about him, all that Jesus is. Amen? And so in John chapter 10, verse 10, the scripture says that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Has anybody ever run into that in their lives? Any, anybody ever run into the thief? Anybody ever taken authority over the thief? When he comes, we should be rising up, rising up with the word. Rising up in the name of Jesus and rising up and pleading the blood of Jesus over every situation that we may face. The truth of the matter, the devil is a thief, but Jesus is greater than him. And he lives on the inside of you. So the thief cometh not but for to steal, <clears throat> to kill and to destroy. But here's what Jesus said. I am come. I am come. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So the reason why Jesus came was to give us life. The word life in the Greek is zoe. It means abundant life in quality, but it also means abundant life in quantity. That's the kind of life that he came to give you and yours. Abundant life. Now notice in the next verse, in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd, is what we're talking about today. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd, he gives his life for the sheep. So in order for us to have life and have it more abundantly, something needed to happen for us to receive it. The good shepherd on Calvary's cross took our place and gave his life a ransom for all. Amen. He said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd, he gives his life for the sheep. You are his sheep. He gave his life for you. And just as Jesus had life in himself, just as the father had life in himself, he also gave the son to have life in himself. And now that life is moved into you. You have the Zoe, God quality and God quantity of life on the inside of you. So Jesus is the good shepherd. Now you can't very well look at that scripture without turning over to Psalms 23. So let's look at Psalms 23 this morning and notice with me what the scripture says concerning this. In verse 1, the scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. Jesus is, Jesus is. my shepherd. My then he goes on to say, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in burnt pastures. 
He leads me beside the troubled waters. And even though I'm walking through the valley of shadow of death, you never know what might happen. No, that's not scriptural. He leads us in the in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores your soul. He leads us in the right paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yeah, though we may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we're not afraid. Why aren't we afraid? Because Jesus is our shepherd. And Jesus, who is our shepherd, says this, that I am with you. Hallelujah. Therefore, we declare that his rod and his staff bring great comfort to our lives. Now notice this, verse 5. Thou preparest a table. A table. Well, I know there's going to be a table in heaven. Well, yeah, there's going to be a, a table in heaven. But there's a table right here in the nasty now and now for you to come to and partake of God's goodness. Thou preparest a table before me. Where? Right smack dab in the presence of our enemies. He has prepared a six-course meal for his beloved. And he's saying, come and dine, come and dine. The master's calling, come and dine. He's prepared a table before you. Right there in the presence of your enemies. He anoints our head with oil. How many of you know that oil is a good thing? If you do a study on oil, you will see all the medicinal benefits of oil. You will see all of the physical uh, benefits of oil. You will see the cleansing benefits of oil. Well, he is the anointed one and his anointing. And his anointing flows from the head down through his body. And he has anointed you. And he has anointed us with fresh oil. Hallelujah. And then he didn't stop there, but our cup runs over. How many of you, just be honest with me, how many of you like your cup running over? I mean, when I go to a buffet, I like my plate to be running over. Amen. That doesn't mean I need to eat everything on the plate, but I paid for that buffet, and I'm going to get the full benefit of that pay. And Jesus paid the price for your spiritual buffet. Hallelujah. So you might as well forget not all of his benefits and come to the table and enjoy forgiveness of sins, healing of your body, renewal of youth, hallelujah, and your life being crowned with goodness and honor. Amen. He anoints our head with oil. And the scripture says, my cup runs over. Look at your neighbor and say, your cup and my cup, they're running over. Now notice verse 6. Verse 6 says, surely, what's going to follow you? Surely goodness and mercy. Oh, hallelujah. That's not hard times and bad things. Surely goodness and mercy are going to follow us all the days of our life. And where are we going to dwell? Somebody help me out today. Where are we going to dwell? Where are we going to dwell? Forever. 
forever. This life that he came to give you, your good shepherd, this life is forever. Amen. Now, David was a young shepherd boy, naturally, of course, we know that. He spent a lot of time with the sheep, did he not? But scholars tell us that this was pinned when David was older, when David was older in life. Now, if you study the life of David, you will discover that David faced a lot, a lot of hard times. I mean, Saul was chasing after him, trying to kill him. He ended up in a cave. He ended up, you know, just wondering what was going to happen to his life. But right in the darkest hours of his life, he said, the Lord is. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And I want you to know that even in the dark times, the most trying times of your life, Jesus is is and will forever be your shepherd. Amen. I shall not want. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11, it says this. It tells us that the Lord will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm. Man, that's, that's encouraging to us. In Hebrews 13, verse 20, it speaks of Jesus as the great shepherd of the sheep. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and I want you to notice a couple of things in verse 24 and in verse 25. When you get it, say, I have it. That's two of you. Well, I'm still getting it. 1 Peter chapter 2, and notice with me in verse 24. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. In 1 Peter 2.24, it says, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body. And so we see that our spiritual need was taken care of on Calvary's cross, on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. And read the rest of the verse. By whose stripes... Now let's say that two more times. By whose stripes. Now say I was. By his stripes. So we see just in that verse. Jesus who is our shepherd took our sins. And Jesus who is our shepherd paid the price so that you might have physical strength and physical health. Amen. Now look at verse 25. There's a revelation in here. 1 Peter 2.25. It says, For you were as sheep going astray. How many of you in your life, at one time or another, went astray? I'm looking at several of you that raised your hand. What about the rest of you dishonest people? No, we all went astray. Some went further than others. But the fact remains, we were all at one time outside of this covenant. We went astray. I know Raul went astray. And I could tell some of your stories. 
We went astray. But notice with me. But now, thank God, we've returned. I said, thank God, we have returned. We turned our lives to Jesus. Now, notice with me. For you were a sheep going astray, but now are returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Now, that word bishop there means overseer. In denominations and in, and in some quarters in the body of Christ, they have what they call bishops. Some people have called me the bishop by the bay. Well, I don't know all about that. But what a bishop does, and, and when, when Brenda and I were serving as bishops over RMAI, uh, regional directors, we had the oversight of several churches. When people would have needs, they'd come and they'd talk to us. When they were having problems, they'd come and they'd bounce things off of us. And then we would uh, interview them. We would pray for them. We had oversight, if you will, under the Hagen's ministry. So in a sense, we were bishops. We were overseers. In a sense, because I'm the senior pastor of the church. I don't know if I introduced him or not, but my name is Bishop Thomas. <laughs> anyway, that aside... But you will not catch me wearing a collar. <laughs> Notice with me in verse 25 again. 1 Peter 2.25. Let's get it back up there. For you were as sheep gone astray, but now you have returned unto the shepherd. Listen to this. And the overseer of your soul. So right there in 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25, we see spirit, soul, and body. He bore our sins. By his stripes we were healed. And now he is watching over. He is superintending our souls. Oh, man. That is such good news. Now, what does that mean? When he's the bishop of your soul, that means he's got you. That means he's looking after you. That means he's not going to allow anything to come your way that he hasn't already given you the power, the strength, the word, the spirit, the blood, and the name of Jesus to overcome. He's watching over my soul. Now what that means also is because he's watching over my soul, this must mean that he really cares for me. This must really mean that he loves me. That he cares for you. And that he loves you. And because he loves us so much, he's watching over us with shepherd care. Shepherd care. Jesus is my shepherd. And he cares for me. Now, when I have an understanding of that, and when that gets deep down into my spirit... And the lights go on and I really understand, wow, he really loves me. He really cares for me. Then I can take my cares and I can cast them over on the bishop of my soul. He can handle your cares. You cannot. Cares choke the word. Cares can affect your physical body. Stress and care can bring disease into a person's life. I've got a good word for you today. Why don't you just give it all to him? 
Why don't you just place it over into the bishop of your soul because he cares so much for me. Matter of fact, let's do it right now. Say it with me. I cast all my cares, all my anxieties upon him because he cares for me. This was personal with David. He said, he is my shepherd. It's one thing for me to say, he is my shepherd. But it's another thing for you to make the decision. And then take it a step further and make the declaration that Jesus is my shepherd. Hallelujah. Listen to a couple other versions. The NLT says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The NIV says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Today's Living Bible says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Then did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Look at Psalms 23, verse 1 in the Amplified Version. This is so rich. Jesus is your shepherd. He is looking out for you. Psalm 23, verse 1 in the Amplified. Are you there? Ready. Let's read it. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not lack. You could preach all day on Jesus is my shepherd. And because he is your shepherd, you shall not lack. Well, what shall I not lack for? You should not lack for provision. You should not lack for strength because the Lord Jesus is the strength of your life. Because he is, Jesus is my shepherd. I shall not lack for wisdom. You know, when I don't know what to do and I don't know what direction to go in, I can simply ask him for wisdom and declare, Lord Jesus, you are my wisdom. You are my direction. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk, want for redemption. What do you mean, Pastor? I know that my Redeemer liveth. And that my Redeemer has redeemed me from the curse of the law and redeemed you from the curse of the law. Because He is your shepherd, you don't have to walk in darkness. Because He is your light. He is your salvation. Because He is your shepherd, you shall not want for deliverance. Why? Because he has already delivered you from the power of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. Say it with me. Jesus is. Say it strong. Jesus is. Jesus is. You are my shepherd. Now that doesn't mean that we won't have problems. That does not mean that we won't go through some things. As a matter of fact, our shepherd said this. He said, in this world, you're going to experience some trouble. In this world, you are going to experience some tribulation. But then he says, hey, don't sweat it. Be of good cheer. Get happy. Why, Jesus? Because I have already overcome the world. I've deprived it of its power to hurt you or to harm you in any way, fashion or form. Amen. And so when we face the test... When we face the trial, remember that Jesus is right there with us. 
He is for us in our darkest hour. And not only that, but he's on the inside of us. Jesus, your shepherd, the hope of glory, who lives and dwells in your spirit. You know, it's good to wake up every day and say, Lord, I put my trust in you. Today, I'll not be moved by what I see. Today, I will not be moved by how I feel. Today, I refuse to be moved by circumstantial evidence. We can get to the point where we're just like the Apostle Paul. Here's one of the things the Apostle Paul said. You know, the Apostle Paul finished his course. He fought a good fight. He knew when his time of departure was at hand. He said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. But I think one of the major key things that kept Paul was Paul kept his mind and his affection on his shepherd. One of the key phrases that Paul said when all hell would come his way, he would say this, none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Has anybody ever gotten to a point in their life where they've had to make the decision that you are just flat not going to be moved? You know what it means to a person when they really believe none of these things move me? That means you can get a medical diagnosis this long, this long, that is contrary to the Word of God. But when you believe this word and you hold fast to the fact that he is your shepherd, you, you can almost get sassy about it. You, you can walk around and strut in Jesus and say, Mr. Devil, I just want you to know that you are a thief and that you are under my feet and none of these things move me. And then you can take it a step for, further. What do you mean, take it a step further? Well, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans the 8th chapter. Say it with me. The Lord is. is. He is my shepherd. shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, shepherd. none of these things are going to move me. It's good to be on the rock, isn't it? I said it's good to be on the rock. Hallelujah. The rock of your salvation. Now notice in Romans, the 8th chapter and the 31st verse. Let's notice this verse together and let's try to stay focused if we can. Kind of a nice little ring to it anyway. (laughs) Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Here's what Paul said. Here's what we must say. Here's what we can declare. None of these things move me. Some of your outlaws, I mean your in-laws knock on the door. And Boudreaux comes to see you from Louisiana. He wants to park in your backyard with his truck. You open that door and say, oh my God, it's Boudreaux. You just say, none of these things move me. Amen. How many of you have ever had a none of these things move me experience in your life? 
the truth of the matter, we're, we're getting here somewhere today. The truth of the matter is you have plenty of things that will try to move you. But you make the decision, put your stake in the ground and declare ahead of time, none of these things are ever going to move me. Somebody said, yeah, but pastor, I've already been moved. Well, I have too. But once I discovered that I was moved by something, I moved back. Amen? There's always a way back once you've been moved. Let's try it again. None of these things move me. And then you need to take it a step further. And the step you need to take it further is start saying something to these things. Amen? In Romans 8.31, it says, What shall we then say to... What shall we then say to what? These These things. I don't know what these things are in your life, but I know what these things are in my life. But the principle remains the same. There is something that should be said and that needs to be said to these things. Because if you don't speak to these things, these things will speak to you. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, 365 days a year. These things that have come against you are not designed to bless you. They're designed to annihilate you. Because the devil's a thief. But oh, thank God we've got the good shepherd. What shall we then say to these things? How many of you know you can have what you say? If you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth, what needs to be said to these things? Come on, somebody. If God. Come on, say it again. If God. If the Lord be on your side, what difference does it make who's against you? If the Lord be your good shepherd, if the Lord be on your team, if the Lord be on your side, it doesn't matter what these things say, because I can have what I say, and I say, God is for me. God is with me. He's moving on my behalf. Do you get it? Do you get it? Did you really get it? What shall we then say to these things? What shall we then say to lack? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What shall we then say to these worries, these cares, these anxieties? The Lord is my peace. For he has broken down the middle wall partition between us. He is my peace forever. What are you going to say to arthritis? What are you going to say to cancer? We need to learn to talk to these things. God talk. Redeemer talk. Faith talk. Victory talk. Overcoming talk. Say it again. Since God is for me, who then can be against me? Who, man. Glory to God. Verse 35, who shall separate me from the love of, who's going to separate you from the Lord? Who's going to separate from Jesus is your shepherd? Who separate you from the love of Christ? How about a little trial? 
distress, persecution, famine, naked, peril, or sword. Verse 36, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Read verse 37 with me and get sassy. But nay, in all... Nay, in all of these things, these things that don't move me, these things that I've spoken to, nay, in all these things, I am more, more than a conqueror. It'd be one thing for him to say that you were a conqueror, but to call you more than a conqueror is way out beyond just having the victory. Amen. We are more than conquerors. Yeah, amen. Believe that. Believe that. Say that. Even when you don't feel like you are. Even when you feel like a wimp. Even when you feel like 30 miles of muddy road. Say it. I am more than a conqueror. <coughs> Through him. Now notice, here's the key, that loves me. Jesus is my shepherd and he loves me and he has made you and me more than conquerors. Start your day out like that. That's my homework for you this week. As we kick off this series on Jesus is, I exhort you to wake up tomorrow morning, regardless of how you feel, Regard, you know, he's not just your shepherd on Sunday morning. He's not just your shepherd when Pastor Tom is singing real good and the anointing is falling like rain. Come on, somebody. He's your shepherd on Monday. He's your shepherd on Tuesday. He's your shepherd on Wednesday. He's your shepherd on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He is your shepherd in the midnight hour. Oh, hallelujah. Shout somebody. He is my shepherd. Wake up in the morning. Say, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You start your day out like that, it'll taste your coffee. Make your coffee taste even better or whatever. Start it out like that. Here's the bottom line. We have several bottom lines in this message. So if you're waiting for the bottom of the bottom, just hold steady. Here's the bottom line. Someone bigger than you is looking out for you. Someone bigger than that disease is looking out for me. Someone bigger than that lack is looking out for me. For you. A natural shepherd would go to a great deal of trouble to provide them with the finest grazing, ample winter feed, and clean water. He provides shelter from the storms, protection from the enemies, and diseases and parasites to which sheep are susceptible. How many of you know that there's a lot of parasitical things out there in the world trying to attach itself to us? But Jesus has got you and he's looking out for you and he is on your side. 
from early in the morning till late at night, a good shepherd looks over his flock. Well, Jesus is our shepherd. And he never slumbers. He never sleeps. Bless the Lord. Amen. And not only that, there is nothing that he can't see. All things are opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. All things are naked and open before him. Oh, my. And in Chronicles, he tells us this, that the eyes of your shepherd, they're running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on your behalf. We need to look at that verse. Somebody says, give me a verse. Where does that say that? Okay, Chronicles. Chronicles. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. I like that. None of these things move me. Some of you again, might have an opportunity to act on that before the day's out. Let's read this together. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them. So here's the deal. He's right there with you. He's right there with you. In Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, let's look at that verse as well. I promise you I'll be done by 4 o'clock this afternoon. (laughs) Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. Great verses of Scripture here. You'll notice, woven within the fabric, basically, of all of our teaching here is faith. Woven within the fabric. We, we may not take the subject of faith and teach the principles of faith, but woven through the word, whether we're teaching on the Holy Spirit, whether we're teaching on divine prosperity or generosity, woven within that is faith. And here you'll see it again. In Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, it says, Let your conversation or your manner of life be without covetousness, Or be without selfishness, okay? And be content with such things as you have. Be content. Stop grumbling, stop mumbling, and stop complaining about what you don't have and get happy about what you do have. The Spirit of God spoke through me this morning by God's grace, and He said this, came right out of my heart. Having a spirit of thanksgiving opens the door to more. Think about it. If you want to position yourself for increase in your life, be thankful for what you have. And as you are thankful for what you have, you are a candidate and positioned for more. Let's just put that, try that on for size right now. Let's just raise our hands and start thanking God. Thank you, Lord, for air to breathe. Thank you, Lord, Lord, that we got up this morning. Amen. Thanksgiving 
having a spirit of thanksgiving, it opens the door to more. Can I just ask you a question this morning? How many of you would like to have more than what you have? Well, he's more than enough. And he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power of God that's working in us. So the more thankful for you are, the more doors will open for you. Amen for more. So let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with what such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is what your shepherd has said to you. He said, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Now that's good, isn't it? But let's not stop there. Let's start vocalizing what he said. Notice with me in the next verse. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we now may boldly say, boldly say. I think that there's more boldness that needs to be coming upon our lives when it comes to saying what he said. Well, I don't know. I don't want to say what he said. People might get the wrong idea that they think I, you know, I think I'm really something. You are really something. You are really something. And don't bother about what people think or what people say. The most important thing is what are you believing and what are you saying? So he, when he says something about you, open your mouth boldly and say it about yourself. Notice verse 6. So that we may boldly say, what do we say? The Lord is my helper and I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Woo! Good news, good news, good news. Here's what you need to know. You need to know, and I need to know, that the Lamb, seated on the throne of heaven, has chosen to be our shepherd. Now, these next five minutes of this service are very important, so don't tune out on me. He chose to be your shepherd. And it is not based on your performance. It's not based on the color of your skin. It's not based on your size. It's not based on your age. It's not based on your background, where you're from, what you've done, good or bad. It's based on the blood of the Lamb. You stand perfect and complete and accepted in Christ Jesus. You see, following the good shepherd, and we'll show a PowerPoint here at the end of the service in a few minutes. But following the good shepherd provides provision, restful waters, abundance, tranquil waters, revival of your soul. Yet a lot of Christians don't experience that. And I'll tell you why. They just feel so bummed out about themselves. They just feel so bad. They don't see him as their shepherd. They see him as a taskmaster. 
And so they set impossible goals and unachievable standards. No matter what they do, it's never enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not giving enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not witnessing enough. I'm out of the will of God. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And as a result, instead of feeling righteous in God's sight, they feel condemned. They feel guilty because they're under some yoke of religious obsession. There is a religious spirit. And it counterfeits itself as the Holy Spirit. A religious spirit versus the Holy Spirit couldn't be further from the truth. A religious spirit drives. A religious spirit drives a person. But the Holy Spirit energizes. Oh, come on, somebody. So if you're feeling driven... If you're feeling like you don't measure up, stop all that and know that you measure up by virtue of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, you're not perfect yet. No, you haven't arrived yet. But thank God you are on your way. Somebody says, I'm on my way. Religion. Karl Marx said this. You know who Karl Marx was, right? He wasn't the Marx brothers. Karl Marx said that the religion is the opiate of the people. It gives them just enough to kind of soothe them or whatever the case may be. But look at Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 and verse 30. Matthew 11 verse 28 through 30 in the message translation. I refuse to be driven by an evil spirit. I refuse to be motivated by a religious demon. I'm energized by the Holy Ghost. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Here's what Jesus said. Your shepherd is saying, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learned the unforced rhythms of grace. Isn't that good? And notice what your shepherd is saying. Jesus is my shepherd. He said, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. That's good news. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So in doing this, You'll experience what Isaiah said. In returning and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and confidence, it shall be your strength. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want to encourage you to expect some supernatural and some unexplainable things to come your way all week long. I encourage you to stop declaring garbage over your life. And declare the good word. You know when a person says, oh man, I I hate Mondays. My job just stinks. It just stinks. You know, be thankful you have a job. I never get promotions at work. Driving down 880 for the last several years. Traffic is always bad on this road. What you're doing is you're making declarations over your life. 
then I want to encourage you to pay attention to the words that you're saying to yourself. Watch those inner dialogues that you're having about your own life. You know, when you're negative and when you're critical and you're despairing of yourself, those are declarations over your life that you can change. Listen to this statement. Your declarations, your internal dialogue, your daily declarations should be based on what God says, who He is, and how He sees you. And so I want to close this morning by pulling up a PowerPoint. And I just want this to summarize some of the things that we've said unto you this morning. Let's take a look. Number one, because Jesus is my shepherd, there's always going to be provision in my life. Say it with me. My shepherd supplies all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Abundant provision. Because Jesus is my shepherd, he gives me rest. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, lush pastures, pastures of of plenty. Because he's my shepherd, I have a peace that transcends my understanding. I have a peace that this world knows nothing about. For my shepherd has said, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. It's not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Know this, that he is your peace. Say it with me. Jesus is my peace. And so he leads me beside the still waters. The next slide. Restoration. How many of you have ever experienced restoration over your soul? Oh, man, I have. When I was 22 years old, I looked like I was 70 years old. I was walking back to a class one day, and I used to play basketball with this guy a year earlier. He says, is that Mark? Man, he looks like an old man. You know what? Drugs and living for the devil will make you look like an old man. But thank God I got saved. I said, I got saved. And I got the word. And I got the Holy Ghost. And he restored my soul. He took me from four F's and a D minus on my report card in high school to a 3.0. No, he restores your soul. He restores your soul. If your life has been battered by abuse, if your life has been so torn down and torn apart by others, Put your hands and put your life, I mean, in the hands of the great restorer. He'll make it all right. Because at the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, and at the end of the day, the blood of Jesus is enough. And the name of Jesus is enough for your soul to be completely restored. Say it with me. Jesus is my shepherd. And he restores my soul. He guides me. He leads me in the right paths for my life. He is my protector. Therefore, I can go about my life and not be afraid. I can walk in the street. I walk on the sidewalk. I can get on a jet. 
I don't have to be afraid to be in crowds. Because he is my protector. And I will not be afraid. Stop yielding to the spirit of fear. And yield to the spirit of faith. Knowing that he is your protector. Oh, raise your hands and say, you are my shepherd. And you are my protector. Let's go on to the next slide. And I'm going to give you a copy of these next week. Comfort. Oh, thank God for the comforter. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Anybody ever needed some comfort in their lives? You know, the world looks for southern comfort, which is an alcoholic beverage. But thank God we can look to Jesus. We can look to the comforter living on the inside. And he'll bring comfort to your life. Amen. Satisfaction. You know, the Rolling Stones used to sing a song, I can't get no satisfaction. Well, that's the truth of the matter. In the world, you can't get no. But we're not of the world. We are of the word. We're living in the world, but we're not of the world. We are in the word and the word is in us. Therefore, we are satisfied. He satisfies the longing soul. How many of your souls long for him? You long for Jesus. Satisfaction. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Next slide. Anointing. The oil of anointing. He anoints my head with oil. Abundance. My cup runs over. Declare it with me. You are my shepherd. And my cup is running over. And then there's a lot of people, you know, they don't know whether they're saved or not. They don't know whether Jesus came back today, whether they'd make it to heaven or not. You can know that Jesus is your Lord simply by opening up your heart to him. You can have confidence, confidence, confidence that once you're saved, that goodness and mercy is going to do what? Follow you all the days of your life. And the last one, we need to get happy on this one, speaks of union. And I. Say it like you're a little bit more excited than that. And I. Jesus is number one. The good shepherd. And he loves you and he gave his life for you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Praise God.